the governors uh, got together and said, look, let, let's play for a hog. Let's play for a pig. Ben and Eric gather at their laptops. One's a gopher, one's a hawkeye. Two feeble minds. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pot of Rosedale, a bronze pig full of hot takes. All right, excellent. Well, today we have a very special guest, Randy Johnson from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Uh, covers the Gophers, among other things, for the paper. Thanks for joining, Randy. Oh, no problem. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Well, we are very excited to talk Gophers here. So, we, you know, we pod rose to a Big Ten podcast and we want to get the, the experts in to help us preview the teams that are coming in. So, I guess we want to dive in. I, before we get to 2023 Minnesota Golden Gophers, I want to talk a little bit about 2022 Minnesota Golden Gophers because they're kind of a fascinating team. One of the things is, they ran the football more than almost anybody, not just in the Big Ten, but all of college football. I mean, 67% approximately of the time they ran the football. Um, uh, one of the things we're going to want to understand is, is how likely we think that is to continue. But but why do why were – was it just Mo Ibrahim? Why were the Gophers running the ball quite so much? Yeah, I think that, that was the main reason. Uh, they – you know, basically they – their wideout uh, room wasn't as as deep as they would like to to be. They, they had the injury to Chris Ottman Bell that that caused a lot of the issues. Um, so yeah, they played to their strengths. Uh, Mo was obviously a very good uh, uh, north south runner, especially um, very good yards after after contact too. They had a All America center and John Michael Schmitz, uh, mm-hmm. a couple other uh, linemen that uh, basically uh, that they lost after that year, but veterans. In uh, Axel Rushmeyer and uh, uh, Chuck Filiaga, so yeah, that they were playing to their strengths mainly, uh, and maybe at times they it was could be a bit of, a bit of a detriment. Um, the the passing game didn't develop as much as you would have liked. Um, so it, it's there they had ways to win games, and and that they they stuck with an old standby of you know ball control, keep the defense on the sideline. That type of thing. As a follow-up to that, what fascinates me is, it, it, so the number one team in terms of yards per a passing attempt was Ohio State, but the Gophers were number two, so they didn't pass a lot. But boy, they they squeezed a lot of juice out of that orange. Um, I was I was shocked when I was doing my my season previous years. Like, wow, I didn't realize the Gophers were that effective in the passing game. But I think it's a lot of that. You just get a lot of teams you know, pulled in and you create some opportunities down the field. Um, the other thing that fascinated me, the Gophers, they had a, they completed 52% of their third down attempts. I mean, that was, was that just the running game as well? Why they were able to do that? I mean, that's, I think it was like fifth in all of college football. I mean, that's just an absurdly good number. No, they didn't get behind the chains a lot. So that, that helped, uh, you know, they were be able, they're able to be productive on first and second downs, especially with the run game. And that put them in, in good situations. So, so that helped, uh, the percentage get up there on third downs. But, and then also on that same, I mean, so the Gopher defense also was the best in the Big Ten in terms of, they were sub 30%. I mean, they just didn't let teams convert on third down very often. Was there a particular reason for that? It was just, just superb defense. What was? I would say Joe Rossi, the, the coordinator. He's a very, very good coordinator. Um, you know, he, he's, it's, it's been like a, uh, you know, a light switch came on once he got the, the job and uh, took over. After about seven, eight games in 2018, the Gophers defense has been a, a lot better than it was the first year and a half under under PJ. Um, basically, yeah, it's uh, the, he's done a really good job of simplifying things, getting people in the right positions, uh, not getting them out of position. 
you know, they've really, he's really proud about, uh, they don't allow a lot of explosive plays. And, you know, that's kind of been, a, been his bread and butter. And a couple times where they have lost, where they did lose some games last year was because they did allow a, an explosive player or two. So sure. if, they, if they can keep that, those under wraps, they're, they're a pretty good, a really good defense. Sure. So I guess transitioning now to the upcoming season in 2023, uh, new quarterback, right? Tanner Morgan's gone after six years. New backfield. Yep. We do have Altman Bell returning for his seventh season, I think, if yep. that's right. He at, uh, torn ACL uh, after after uh, in, the third, in the third game last year. So he's back with for, for, for one last go around. But I, So I had my issues with Tanner Morgan. I think a lot of this sort of ground and pound style from what I could see was maybe some inability by Tanner Morgan to stretch the field. Kelly Ekmanis played uh, towards the end of last season, I thought came in and showed some promise in stretching the field. Is this season kind of offensively? Does it just go how Kaliak Manis goes, or how do you see it? Yeah, it's it's going to be a different offense. I think it's. Yeah, I don't think they're equipped to run and and just you know run up the middle and run run inside zone and outside zone like they did with with, with um, Mohamed Ibrahim. Uh, basically, you're going to have a quarterback who's uh, quicker in in Kaliak Manis. He's got a bigger arm than Tanner did. Um, you know, you look at Tanner. He, he had a you know. A very productive career, especially early. Um, 2019, 11-2 record when he had a uh, Rashad Bateman and a Tyler Johnson to throw to. Um, didn't have quite those weapons the last couple years, so they they played to the run game more. But I think you're going to see them try to uh, you know stretch the field more horizontally to set things up this year. Yeah, I mean, Span Ford, maybe one of the best tight ends in the country. Uh, he does have weapons, so I I think some growth by him should be expected and should really improve their chances this season. I, th- I th- think so too. He came, uh, Atham came on pretty strong at, at the end of the season. Had a very good game against Wisconsin to to, to win that one. Um, nice uh, fourth quarter touchdown pass that uh, that sealed it. Uh, so they're, um, you know, you're look you're looking at a different offense this year. They brought in a couple uh, transfer receivers and Corey Crooms from Western Michigan and Elijah Spencer. Uh, from Charlotte, so they, they were both, both of those guys have been pretty productive in the spring game, and then looked pretty good in, in fall camp. You got Chris Ottman Bell back. You have probably the best receiver they got uh, is Daniel Jackson. He, he came on strong last year too. So it, it's there's more weapons there uh, than than you than you also have uh, Revan Span Ford, who you know they can stretch the field pretty good too. It's safe to say the Gophers offense can be maybe a, a bit more versatile. They were kind of like just a sledgehammer in 2022. To be a little more tools in the toolkit and a little more varied in their approach. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned losing three six-year starters. Well, not starters for six years, but six-year players on the offensive line. They're going to be able to replicate, or, or you know, are they losing a lot when you lose a, a great center and a couple of other interior linemen? Is that going to also limit you and kind of force you to be a little looser? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna take a little time, I would say, for that that line to come together. You know, you don't have you don't have a center like John Michael Schmitz. Um, they've moved uh, Quinn Carroll from a right tackle to right guard. Probably fits him better. He could be he could he was an okay tackle. He could probably be a pretty good guard. Uh, Nathan Bow looks like he'll be coming in at center and placing John Michael Schmitz. That's um, you know obviously he hasn't doesn't have the experience of John Michael, but he is an older player. I, I think the one thing you, you, you'll, you might be seeing with the Gophers now is that they're 
not going to say uh, sophomores and, and, and retro freshmen to replace uh, senior starters are going to fifth-year seniors or fourth-year juniors. So the, the program itself might be maturing a little bit uh, age-wise. Excellent. So I guess I think we'd be remiss to not chat a little bit about the controversy with the program over the offseason. I guess there were some allegations about P.J. Fleck's toxic environment. Do you think I, – I think he was asked a little bit at the media day. Do you think that's going to have any impact on the season at all? Not really, no. None whatsoever, really. I mean, I think, you know, the, the athletic director, uh, Mark Coyle, you know, basically addressed it and, you know, shot it, shot it down. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, it was a, you know, story with, with unnamed uh, former players in the program. Um, you know, so they, the, the golfers that they've made their comments on it and I, they put it to bed. Yeah. It doesn't sound like any current players have, reported any of those issues i think uh span ford was asked about it and he said he wasn't aware of any of that stuff while he was there so yeah the, um, uh, the big 10 media days the the players pushed back very hard against against the allegations so we spent some time talking about the gopher offense um you lose a couple of players in the secondary um but wh- what do you think I mean, is the gophers defense going to get even better in 2023 is it going to have some trouble replicating um, that pass defense on the back end is as strong as it was in 2022. I think the key there is going to be what the pass rush can do. Their pass rush wasn't very good last year. Uh, they seem to have uh, filled it better with, with internally and just you know guys maturing into the in, into bigger roles. They got a, they got a uh, uh, redshirt freshman who's come on really strong and Anthony Smith. Um, it, it, it seemed like there's a lot more depth up front, so they should be better on the pass rush. They. Uh, they hired a, a, a very dynamic uh, defensive line coach in Winston Nilana Bader, former Gophers uh, defensive end. He's really seemed to ha- have um, a really good influence on, on the players he's had. Um, it seems like a group with a lot of energy, so that should help if they get that pass rush going better. Uh, secondary, yeah, you have a, you have a very good safety in Tyler Newbin. You, you have a, a pretty good quarterback in Justin Wally. Then, then it's kind of cobbling a, a bit together with with newcomers and a couple transfers. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what that second cornerback uh, looks like. Uh, that's still being determined in, in training camp. There's not a whole lot, haven't had a whole lot of chance to see the team. Uh, so yeah, we'll know a lot more come the 31st against Nebraska, I guess. Yeah, I got I gotta say, as the resident Gopher fan, Gopher fan, this schedule really scares me. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, Randy. I think I saw something like the seventh ranked strength of schedule in the nation. Uh, are you as scared as I am? I'm worried. I got to be honest. I'm not scared at all because I won't be playing in these games. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's, you it's don't a, have to face be, Ohio State's pass rush. Then. Um, it, it's a very challenging schedule. ESPN, uh, using one of their metrics, had it as a second strongest behind Ole Miss. Uh, so it's. Yeah, you're, you're, you, uh, your three non-conference games are against bowl teams from last year, including the trip out to North Carolina. And then you have both Michigan and Ohio State on, on there, along with, you know, your, your Big Ten West's, uh, opponents. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's very challenging that, uh, the, uh, Fleck has been, uh, basically, uh, uh, calling it a very opportunistic schedule. You know, they're, they're trying to, you know, put a positive on it to where, you know, yeah, you, to, to be the best, got to beat the best, right? Getting a little bit more towards the prediction side of things, I think uh, we've got the Gophers over and under is at seven games right now, which puts them at, you know, a bowl game seems to be the floor. Um, But is this a team that you think 
given the hard schedule is going to be able to kind of wrestle away the, I guess the final big 10 West uh, championship away from Wisconsin. I think this will be the last one maybe yeah. ever. You know, it, it's, I, in my uh, predictions, I, I picked them second behind Iowa, Wisconsin third, where, you know, a lot of times that they'll come down to a tiebreaker too. Um, of course. It, it's usually, it gets bundled up in there pretty good. Um, yeah. I think if, if things go right, they could have they could have a nice year. Um, it's yeah. The the questions are, you know, how how quickly is Ethan Gallic Mass gonna gonna be a difference maker there? Um, how quickly do the new wideouts uh, get blended in? You know, how's the new running back situation coming along? You get a, a transfer from Western Michigan and Sean Tyler, who's been very productive there. Different back than than, than Muhammad Ibrahim, more more of a you know kind of a do-it-all thing. He can, he can catch, catch the ball in the backfield too. Um, does, what, how does that offensive line come together? And then obviously the defensive um, points we just talked about. Yeah. On that. I mean, so is it look, is, is Sean Tyler the front runner to be the replace Ibrahim or is it going to be more committee just to do, I he had so many carries last, last year. It's so be a, he probably might be, might be one in that committee, but the, they have a couple youngsters that they're pretty high on in uh in a uh, redshirt freshman in Zach Evans, and then uh, a true freshman in Darius Taylor. Okay, so a lot of carries to go around potentially for for every bringing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously the thing that matters the most to me is does Fleck get over the hurdle and beat Iowa for his first time? Does that happen this year? What What are your thoughts on the matchup with Iowa? I, I will say this: if, if they score more points in the Hawkeyes, they will. Yes. <laughs> um, it's you know it, it, it's kind of a prove it you know. Show me you can do it. Um, you know, very, very close the last two years, especially. Uh, you know, it, it's, um, you know, I, it, you know, I, you guys probably were thinking that Muhammad Ibrahim was going to go in with that winning touchdown before Jack Campbell made an outstanding play to, to, to pop, uh, knock that ball away. I mean, it's, it was, you know, they're right there. It's, they just got to finish against well, them. Yeah, uh, flat out the Gophers have outplayed Iowa the last couple of years. It's just been mostly sheer blind luck and a couple of just one-off plays like that that just barely, barely made the difference for Iowa to win, even though, you know, Gophers more yards. They look just like they're dominating Iowa statistically, just just can't quite get over there. But it does feel like the Gophers are due at some point, and Iowa's luck is going to just run out. Yeah, I don't think that streak's going to go on, you know, for 50 years or anything like that. Well, sure. Be but, pretty great. Let but, us yeah. pray that that's the, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah it, it's it's you know the, the Wisconsin streak that they had was it was fourteen and uh, Fleck ended that in his uh, second year uh, with the Gophers. He, yeah, he hasn't been able to get past Ferentz, and you know so it's you know that's that that'll be a key. I I I, I, I circle that game as the most pivotal this season. Um, yeah, it feels like that's really the last kind of hump for for PJ Fleck. I mean, other than a big, I mean, kind of talk Big Ten West title is is not going to be a useful moniker anymore because yeah. now you're competing with uh, seventeen other teams, um, so it's going to be a different metric. But that would have been the the last thing is can you beat Iowa and then get get a Big Ten West title, get to the Big Ten championship game. Um, it does feel like maybe it's going to happen this year. I, not because I think necessarily the Gophers are going to be all that much better. They're going to be pretty close, but. Things are going to just bounce the Gophers' way, I think, uh, in 2023 final. But do you have a number, Randy? Do you have a prediction on how many games you think the Gophers will win? No, I, I think you know, it kind of depends on if they go 
I think they they could go three and all in the, in the non conference if they can pull that upset of North Carolina. I'm thinking three and all and two or two and one there. Um, you know, things go well. I, I could see I could see them getting to a three loss uh, Big Ten season, maybe two if things go perfectly. It it just uh, you know with both Michigan and Ohio State in there, they're gonna have to if they want to get to one or two losses. They you know you got to upset one of those. Yeah, that's that's a pretty tall order when you're talking, you know, two of the top three or four teams in the country. Yeah, that's that's tough. I know last year Iowa had Michigan and Ohio State last year, and it was like, oh, it felt like you were just banking on two losses no matter what. So it feels like that the ceiling is just brought down just a little bit because beating those teams is just so tough because they're just so talented. And I'll, uh, I'll even say that you know they could be a better team this year and have a worse record than last year just because of the schedule. Sure. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. I mean, it's yeah that that road game in North Carolina. I mean, I don't know North Carolina that well, but it seems like a big step up from any of the Gophers have played for a while. I mean, that Colorado was very much a, a down program last year when the Gophers played them, and New Mexico State was also obviously really really struggled. Um, but it, was, it would does seem like a big big upgrade. Um, I didn't want to get so much transition in the Big Ten. I mean, we don't even at this point know what the schedule is in 2024. We don't have any idea. I don't think we even can really say what opponents you're going to be on the schedule, let alone away. I mean, dates and times. We know three of them, I guess, is about it. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So do we think the Iowa-Minnesota rivalry will survive the latest round of Big Ten expansion? Yes, I I definitely do. I I definitely think that'll survive. And the uh, Minnesota-Wisconsin rivalry will survive survive too. Um, I think the the Little Brown Jug game with Michigan, that'll be one of those that's that appears every once in a while, as it has, you know, in the last sure. decade. So, um, but there, it was a very, very high priority for the Gophers to have those two as as permanent rivals. Got um, it. So you think even even with the addition of four more programs, that everybody's just going to stick their foot in? Like we got to have Iowa and Wisconsin on the schedule every year. That's important for the Gophers. Okay, that's that's my biggest worry. It's the, the Gophers, Wisconsin, and Nebraska from Iowa's perspective. I really want those three games to survive. After that. Whoever you want on the schedule, you know, whatever. Um, now, from the Gophers' perspective, do you think Big Ten expansion is a net benefit? I mean, ignoring whatever the impacts might be on overall and college football, do you think benefit for Minnesota to be adding these teams from the West Coast is going to help recruiting money, make it more difficult because you now just got more quality programs you're competing against? It, it, you know, it's going to be more. It's going to make it more difficult to win the Big Ten in football. But certainly, um, you have a couple more teams there, or four more teams, and, and you know that have had success. Um, money wise, yeah, I'm sure that helps. If, you know, you got more money coming in. Uh, recruiting wise, that that'll be interesting to see if if they expand their efforts uh, on the West Coast. I mean, they mid mainly a, a Midwestern uh, team. They've they've gone down south a bit and. Um, had some success uh, getting guys like Rashad Bateman out of Georgia. Um, you know, it's it it's it's certainly something that they can explore. They they've really raised the recruiting profile since BJ Flex been here. You know, they you know you're not always getting a, a top twenty program, but I, I I think he's he's getting the guys. He's getting in the door on more people. Yeah. Well. Um... Randy Johnson from the Star Tribune. Thanks for joining. I don't have a whole lot of other questions. I did want to just jump in. You you'd mentioned you're heading to the fair for uh, some gopher events. Favorite fair food? Do you have a go-to fair food you're looking forward to? 
Ah, uh, yeah, there was always, there was always, um, it's like I first get in the fair, there's a, the turkey to go stand where, um, you, they have these really good, um, turkey sandwiches and it's right next to the, uh, uh, milk building. So you can get your turkey sandwich and a, and a, and a milk, uh, for a buck there for, for the milk and it works out perfectly. Um, then there's always the, uh, uh, later in the day, I, I have to try the, uh, the summit on a stick. It's, uh, the summit beer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is uh, you guys can figure that out. Any oh, any yeah. new beers being released that that you know of? I guess I haven't followed that. I, I know they have some uh, new ones going out there every year. They have some new ones, and I forget. I didn't look at it that closely. I mean, there's always something pretty exotic out there. Um, you know, there've been things over the years like uh, um, cotton candy beer, that type of thing. I had a pickle <laughs> beer once. wasn't a huge fan of that. No, that, that sounds pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sounds really gnarly. Did a, a cookie beer once at the Minnesota State Fair when I lived up there. And it was fine. It didn't really taste all that much like cookies. It just had chocolate chips around the rim, basically. It's fine. Excellent. Well, like I said, I don't I don't have any other questions. Really appreciate your time, Randy. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, hopefully uh, we can celebrate at the end of the year. Great golf season. Yeah, you guys have a good one. Appreciate your time, too. Appreciate yours. Thanks so much, Randy. Thanks a lot.